This is a series specially for those who are relocating as family people, individuals and their family. And this is just to make sure that we do not face the regular challenge that we do face when we are relocating. Yes, we are speaking from the United States, but still in the land cost across, whether you are moving from nation to nation, you are moving from city to city, or even you are moving within a locality. So we welcome you today as we begin this uh, family series on relocation. Hello, listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us on our Dwell in the Land podcast again today. Remember, we started the series giving you introduction on family relocating to either United States, United Kingdom, from city to city, state to state. We spoke the last time to a grandpa talking to us about his experience relocating to the United States. Today we are blessed that we have someone who came here as a single person. We are going to have her introducing herself and uh, we'll take you from there. Thank you for joining us. I know that uh, you have a tight schedule, but we appreciate you coming on Dwell in the Land podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Olubumi Wuraola. Niola Wain. So I came in as Olubumi Ola Wain. But now I'm... So uh, you, you were born here? or? You no, know? I was born in Nigeria. I was born in Ibado, okay. your state. So how did you and come in here? So my dad um, relocated in the 90s. And in the late 90s, um, he moved... He pretty much moved everybody, but he moved uh, myself and my older sister first. So we we're five in number. So it was my sister and, I, and myself that we came first in the, in nineteen nine, and then afterwards every other person moved. How old were you when you first? I came? was um, in my twenties. Okay, when you came in. When I, when we came. Okay, in. So yes, I was already in college in Nigeria, just um, getting ready to finish college, and then we came. So your 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 parents filed for you to come yes. to the United States? Yes, so he filed the immigrant visa okay. for us. So we actually came in legal when we came in. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so and coming in, I mean, as, as a single person, you were probably living with your parents when you came in? Yes, we came in uh, and we lived with my dad. I actually lived with my dad until uh, my now husband came okay. and that's when we left, when I left the house. I mean, how long did you have your parents here before you came to join them? My dad was there for, I think it was um, close to six years. So he left Nigeria in, no, 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 I take that back. He left Nigeria in 89. Okay. So he was there for 10, ten years before wow, he so came to Wow, so you were about 10 years old. When, when, he, when he left, yes, I was still in high school. Uh, no, I was more than 10. Okay. I was like... 14 okay. when he f- left initially. And I left with your mom then? No, no. Okay. He came by himself. He okay. left us. So my mom actually was um, the, the the last born yeah. came last. Okay. Relocated last. No, no, I take that back. My brother relocated last. But no, we le- he left all of us and came. And when he came in 89, he didn't come, he did not visit us back till 94. So, so five years later, years. Okay, five then. years. So, but your your mom was still with you. Yes, okay. we were living with my mother. Okay, so so when you relocated was when your mom relocated also. 
Not at the same time. So I was there. Okay, let's go say she relocated before you. Not my mother? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, after I, you. She relocated. So it was my sister and myself. Um, we relocated first okay. after my dad. Okay. So we've been there longer than the rest of the So family. at the time you were living with your dad alone? Yes. What we, was the experience like living with your dad? And because I know some people are listening to us now mm-hmm. that, that have this kind of challenge. Their mom is not with them. They are with their mom, with their dad. It, it was half and half. It was a little tough. But um, I, I'll say with the upbringing, it wasn't as bad. Because um, rem- it's not the same thing right now when technology is everywhere. Um, when we came, we had cell phones, but it wasn't the same thing as right now. Yeah. And I remember the first time that I was going to go out to go visit somebody that I was connected to. Then we were living in Rhode Island. So we go- I was going to go visit the person. And I told my dad, um, somebody was coming to pick me up for... You know, just to be out of the house. We were barely um, six months in America then. And he said, okay, no problem. So on the day that the person was coming, I mean, I told him this person is coming at this time, blah, blah, blah. It was house phone that we used then, majorly. And he said, okay, so this person that is coming, who is he? I had to, like, give him a full... <laughs> But um, did a full biography of the person, with the person. And she was married. They were coming as a family. She was coming with her husband and her children um, to pick me up. And he said, okay, no problem. When it was a couple of hours for her to arrive, my dad said, also, by the way, is, to, is the person still coming? I said, yeah, she's still coming. And he said, so, so what did you tell me about her again? <laughs> I was like, I already did. So I went over the information again mm-hmm. and said, okay, no problem. As soon as the person came in, she rang the bell. My dad said, okay, so give me a, a number, leave her husband's phone number, leave everybody's number. Um, because uh, I said, you know, me being in college and I had some a level of independence, I mean, back home. So I was like, I'm not a child. He said, you're not going. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? He said, you're not going. I mean, I don't know these people. It's okay. I'm, I'll allow you to go with them, but I need to, God forbid anything happen. And, you know, he, he actually taught me responsibility at that time because initially I was like, uh-uh, nothing is going to happen. But then he explained, I don't know them. Mm. I don't know where they live. I don't know anything about them other than the things you're telling me. But if I have a phone number... Then, you know, at least there is this general belief. I mean, after careful observation, that children who come to join their parents at the age you came in around twenty, even sometimes they co- once they come in to join in high school, that they always very rebellion. Uh, what do you think about this? What's your take on this? That they don't listen to their parents. They come to the United States and they suddenly have a freedom. And they believe that they can now do whatever they like. Uh, I, I even I spoke with someone who who actually expressed this concern that pastor, I don't want to come to the United States because I don't want my children to turn against me or to become rebellious. So one thing, pastor, is uh, freedom, yeah. like you said. Um, it can be intoxicating. Yeah. And when you are in an environment that you pretty much can do things and get away with it. Yeah. 
you tend to I don't want I don't know if it's rebellious or rebellion that I want to say I just want to say that people get carried away and honestly some parents don't make it any better for the children I'll say because they feel like they do not have the power to control them just because they're here yeah. I, I can say that my dad really didn't raise us because he was always traveling. Even before the time that he permanently stayed, he was always traveling. So we knew him to be somebody always on the move, on the, always on the go. But even at that, my mom, one of the things she would say is, I don't, be, I don't want people to call me a failure because your dad is not here. So what your dad can do, I will do. So coming here with that mentality, I know my dad is my dad. I can't disrespect. And again, I, I guess it's how much power you give to the children that they they bring back. I always tell people that where you stop is where your children will pick up, meaning that what they've seen you done, they will do, and then they will have theirs to it. So it's going to be double. So if you as a parent doesn't have the strength to keep your children in check and they know they I mean kids will know what they 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 area of their weaknesses of whatever their mom or their dad and I tell people all the time I don't joke with my mom because she's not easy I can get away with a lot of stuff with my dad so I'm I, I mean I'm just trying to say that being rebellious is the responsibility of both the children and the parents because if you, there's a there's a way you train your kids there's a foundation you know even the bible says that if the foundation be broken what can the right if you've not laid the foundation right the chances are they will what were the adjustments you had to make coming in i mean you were single in africa coming to the united states i, I was in the relationship okay. i wasn't completely single um I was in a relationship which is the same relationship that I was turned to marriage after 20 years now. So, but of course, I was a young lady, young girl, young lady, whichever one you want to call it. So coming there, it was a lot of advances with young guys, my age and all of that. So it wasn't something that was not expected. But again, um, it's still, I guess it's still upbringing and a lot to do with uh, morals, which is what I don't see these days, is what what a man can do, a woman can do better these days. Then it's you. It, it, it wasn't about oh, I don't know what he's doing. I heard a lot of that. Oh, you don't know what he's doing. You're still a young girl. Why do you want to, you know, depend on somebody that is, you don't even know. And there was no phone, like I said. So we, ba we barely talk. Um, it will go talk, there's a, a phone place that it will go to or every Sundays and we try. Sometimes it will go through, sometimes it won't. So it was a lot of pressure, tension, like you, there was even a guy that was ready to marry me um, then. But then I knew who I was going out with at that time and I don't know, I don't even know how I... <laughs> but, but what, what if, if, you have to, uh, if you have to do it again, what do I'll you do it the same way. Okay. Because, again, going back to morals, I, I respect myself. So I don't want anybody to disrespect me. 
Um, so going with just anybody, I mean, first of all, if I want to date anyone, they have to have certain qualities. So you're talking to the single ladies. So out I'm there talking that. to a single lady out there that if you don't have the if you don't have respect for yourself, nobody yeah. is going to give it to you. You can't give what you don't have. So if you know that you're going somewhere, you look for somebody that is going in the same direction. And you don't just bow to pressure, like, because people are saying, what is it doing out there? It's not, just, it's not about the person, what they're doing out there, but it's you. What are you doing to yourself? What is the pressure doing to you? Let's look at, let's look back, look back now. Is there, you do think you were prepared enough for your relocation? Or if you have to do it again, there are certain things you would do differently before even coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, if I have to do it again. Um, I remember when I left high school and my dad said, go to nursing school. <laughs> Ooh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, looking at the nurses back home, I was like, uh-uh, no. He said that every single one of us should go to nursing school. The f the oldest one she did, she graduated, and she did that just because Your daddy dad. said so. Yeah. And I believe she only worked with it for a year, and then she went back to um, University of Ife to do journalism, which is what she really wanted to do. The second one, she didn't even, she was doing accounting, she kept doing it. Um, me, I, I've always liked... Um, I don't say food, but I've always liked uh, hospitality. Yeah. So I went into food management. We don't cook, please. We do not cook. Um, so I went into that. That was what I was doing um, before I came. So, so I, basically, it was the first one that only did it. So now I would have listened <laughs> because I came here and I started from the you know, I went to nursing school. I would have done that, dusted, mm -hmm. and just come here to take the exams and things like that. So, yes. Other things, something else I would have done is was to learn skills, mm -hmm. how to make hair, how to make clothes. All of these things, I could do them, mm -hmm. but not at the professional level. So, <clears throat> I came, you know, I came... <clears throat> I, I still did my daughter's hair the other day, and people were like, oh, we did our hair and all of that. So, But it's not at a professional level. I went back to school to be a fashion designer at a professional level. It was a four-year college, fashion school and all of that, because that was actually what I wanted to do back home. But my mom was like, hey, they law. So she won't let me do it. And I still look at it. I still in the hospitality um sector because it's still taking care of people making people feel good maybe making people yes if i had known i would have gone to the nursing program and i would have learned sewing and i would have i mean just different just skills as many skills as, as many skills yeah. so when i see people especially people that are close to me that are coming the first thing i tell them is what can you do mm -hmm. You need to learn something. Even why I'm, I'm not saying that's what you're going to use to to feed yourself or to, but your survival skill. When you get here, before you figure yourself out, something to bring. If you don't have papers, nobody needs a paper for you to to make their hair. Yeah. Nobody needs a paper for you to make clothes for them. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs a paper for you to to cook for them. Yeah. So whatever skills you can acquire. Do, get it before you come in. Then, if you're a lawyer or doctor, you can do that and study yeah, for whatever yeah. you want to study for. So, uh, that I, I mean, I would have done differently. When, when you got here, what were those things you did in your first one, two, 
three years. So the first one to three years, um, against my dad's wishes, we first we worked at a, uh, a factory mm-hmm. uh, before we started school. Yeah. He didn't want us to do anything. He just wanted us to go straight to school, you know, acquire as much as we needed to. But then, again, with the, some level of independence, my, my sister already had a child yeah. to take care of. I was already making little, little money before I came, so it was, we needed to make money. He didn't want us to. So we went into factory, and then we were going to go to school, and then we did that, and then we went to do CNA. That was like, it was heartbroken that we had to do that. It did not. Ne- it did this. Yeah, that's been certified. Certified nursing. Oh yeah, my goodness! Yeah. It was sad driving us to the school. I remember. It was, as a matter of fact, it was a sad story because we attended the program for ten weeks, and I was like the first person in class, like the top of the class with my sister. And then we finished. We completed everything, and when it was time for a certificate, the nurse, the teacher decided she wasn't going to give it to us because. I don't know. It was, you know, racism and all of that played in. And my dad was like, I told you that this, that, that, and all of that. We went back. We went back. The first one was free. The 10 weeks was free. But we went back and we paid and we did it. And I'm not going to say I regretted it because when I got into nursing program, it helped me. But he didn't want us to do that. So we did that. And then, of course, both of us, we joined the military. In the process of all of that, we we joined the military, and yeah, so we've practically um, done everything that people who come into the United States will go through before, you know, we are where we are today. So uh, one thing I want the parents to actually listen to uh, parents who have young girls, young boys, is that uh, we always believe that they should just listen to everything we say. Whereas, as the adults have their dreams, their own, uh, you know, they have their own paths. Mm-hmm. No matter how young people are, when they come to a new environment, they come to another country, mm-hmm. they also want to make something out of their life. And most yes. of the time, it's not necessarily what the parents want them to do. Yes. So, and I hope, believe that parents, you know, see this as a disadvantage. But just to be able to see that we have children who are growing up. Yes. I think that's very interesting. The the word is you have an individual. Yeah. We are all different. We're all wired differently. Mm-hmm. Um everybody's an individual and you want to treat each person as a person. Yeah. So everybody like you said, we all have our dreams, we all have our um ambitions, we all we all have our interests. Yes. So what interests my mom might not interest me. It necessarily doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or I'm um, being disobedient is just that I am who I am, and it does not in a bad way. So you know how parents in Africa want you want your child to be uh, a, a medical doctor. You want them. It, th- there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But are they going to be fulfilled? Yeah. Are they going to be happy afterwards? Let them find their own path. Guide them. That's what the what the I believe that's what the responsibility of parents are to guide. So this um, child is gravitating towards this thing. What is the best potential? Like, what is it that will make them more comfortable in the area? It, not in a bad way, in a good way. You know, what is that thing that will make them 
as comfortable as possible, the money will come. Because I know that that's the worry of most parents. Are they going to be able to sustain, you know, themselves, you know, on this part? Like I, like I said, my mom said, hey, you want to be a tailor? Like, yeah, it won't happen. Things like that. But you know what is going on with the fashion world is, imagine if I had started when I wanted to start. But the good thing, my parents are still alive and they're supportive now, but it could have started early. So just let children be. If they're not going the right direction, tell them. And parents, especially African parents, they don't give reasons. So you cannot do that because I said so. Uh-uh. You cannot do this because I believe, I think, if you do this first, you can easily go this way. You understand? But don't say, no, ah, you will not put me to shame. Or no, you cannot do it because I said so and I'm the one sponsoring you. The child will leave and go find a way to do it. Yeah. Let, let's look at it. You, if you, people believe that girls have advantage as single people, that boys. If you, I mean, if you look at it, uh, do you think that girls have more advantage than the than the boys when it comes to living single in America? I'm a little confused. Let me. You know, uh, I mean, if you if you think about it, do you think they, I mean that? women are more respected they are more taken care of so even when they are single they are better off so again because I was raised by a semi single parents I, I didn't say that is uh, for my mom is what you put in that you get back it's hard work yeah. whether you're a girl or you're a boy what makes a girl more advantage than a boy. I don't, no, I don't think so. Mm-mm. I think you just have to work hard. Whatever it is that you you're, you find your hands doing, do it well. Whether you're a boy or you're a girl, there's, nobody is gonna, oh, okay. Like, maybe people are going to give girls more money. Maybe they give them more money, they make accommodation available for them, people are ready to help them. And they want In to, return they, for what? Nothing more. But, but for guys, they just say, you can sort yourself out, you are a man. You should be able to hustle and things like that. Whereas the girls, they are pampered, they are cared for, people sympathize with them. They think they are soft people, so they have to be taken care of. Do you see? Maybe in the past. Because, you know, feminism has even taken over everything now. Every girl, child, every, even women, they want to prove a point. That they're stronger than men, or what a man can do, they can do better. So, maybe in the past, right now, I don't think so. I don't think, uh, I don't think I say people get um, ends down just because of a particular gender that they are. I don't, I don't if, think so. You, can you sincerely say God bless America with your experience? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We were still talking about it um, today um, with my husband. We were talking this morning and he said, man, I don't know how people live in certain part of the world. I'm not going to mention yeah. them. You know, like how people do it and they suffer and smile just yeah. like a popular musician said that and they don't see anything wrong with it. Oh, of course, God bless America. Oh, yeah. of, uh, Yes. <laughs> I mean, since we've been here, your phone has been making noise. Uh, something. How do you see technology there now? Bittersweet experience. Technology then, 
was not as good. There was even no technology. Because I know, I know then that, like I said earlier, we have to wait for a particular day to call. Because, and it was the same way that I would communicate with my, my mom and my the uh, the rest of the siblings back home. So it might be on a Saturday. Even before I came, we will go to a certain place. We have to get it as early as possible to receive my dad's call. We might sometimes we'll be there for six hours. He will call by the time he says hello. <laughs> the phone will cut, and that's it. No more connection, you know. Um, and then I came. He was like that for a couple of years too. Then computer and all of that took over. Then people use their sense. Sis, you know, we were able to think. We don't depend on Google. Um, you just, you, I just believe that people were smarter there in a good way than right now. Technology now, my little girl has a phone. Mm. She has a phone. And if I say, oh, Debra, this, 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 and that, so, wait, mommy. She's giving me the answer already. She's not able to think by herself. It's a lot of distractions. You know, you see um, married men, I mean married, even men and women, married men, married women, grown-ups, grown that you think they will make be better judgment at certain things, just misbehave, and put it on social media. So I don't know. It's, it's good and it's bad. I wish we're not at this level. Unfortunately, it's even getting worse. Mm. So, Well, I want to appreciate your time with us today. Uh, Thank you, sir. And I believe that some of the singles listening to us, uh, they will be able to pick one or two things from your experience. And uh, for those who have been with us, we want to appreciate you once again. This is uh, Dwell in the Land. My name is Robert Justin. As we continue with this family education series, I want to encourage you to join us in our next podcast. Have a beautiful time out there. Uh, wherever you are going to be looking, from nation to nation, city to city, state to state. Even within the same locality, I hope that this experience we have shared will be a blessing. Enjoy yourself.